is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The warrant used by the FBI to search Donald Trump's home was issued because the Justice Department said it believed that Mr. Trump violated the Espionage Act, which prohibits the possession or transmission of national security information. Mr. Trump did not object to a request by Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, that a Florida court unseal the warrant. The agents who searched Mar-a-Lago reportedly removed 11 sets of classified documents, including material marked, quote, top secret and information on French President Emmanuel Macron. Five Chinese state-owned firms will apply to delist from the New York Stock Exchange, including China Life Insurance and energy giant PetroChina and Sinopec. All five failed to meet American auditing standards earlier this year. The price of other Chinese stocks listed in America tumbled in response to the news. Sino-American tensions are running high following the visit of Nancy Pelosi, an American politician, to Taiwan. Salman Rushdie, the author of The Satanic Verses, was stabbed several times when he was about to deliver a lecture in Chautauqua, New York. Mr Rushdie was airlifted to hospital. New York's governor, Kathy Hockle, said he was alive and getting the care he needs. His attacker has been taken into police custody. The Satanic Verses inspired controversy upon its release in 1988. Some Muslims said it was blasphemous, and Iran called for Mr Rushdie's death. Britain declared a drought in parts of the country for the first time since 2018. The announcement came amid a heatwave and on the heels of Britain's driest July in almost 90 years. Several water companies have imposed restrictions on water usage, prohibiting customers from using hoses on their cars or gardens. A trip by China's President Xi Jinping, reportedly being planned for November, may include a first face-to-face meeting with his American counterpart, Joe Biden, since Mr Biden became president. They may get together on the margins of multilateral summits in Indonesia or Thailand. Reports also suggest that Mr Xi, who has not left China for nearly three years, may visit Saudi Arabia this month. The Chinese Foreign Ministry refused to comment. Taiwan will no longer host World Pride Taiwan 2025, following a request from the event's licensing body to drop the word Taiwan from the event title. At the behest of China, international organisations often insist that the self-governing island uses names other than Taiwan, but the World Pride organisers said that capitulating to the request on this occasion would, quote, harm the interest of Taiwan. Britain's GDP contracted by 0.1% in the three months to June, compared with the previous quarter. The Office for National Statistics attributed most of the decline in services output to a fall in health and social work activities related to COVID-19. Household consumption fell by 0.2%. The new GDP numbers signal another blow to Britain's faltering economy. And correction. Our fact of the day on Friday incorrectly attributed an increase in violent crimes involving guns to states in America where right-to-carry laws were struck down. 
The increase was actually in states where the laws were adopted. Sorry. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The Aloha State Votes More Hawaiians than usual may vote in the state's primary elections on Saturday. Hawaii began mailing ballots to voters in 2020 to boost its turnout, the lowest in America. By August 9, 25% of ballots had already been returned. The surge of new voters is unlikely to help the Republican Party in a state that is deep blue. David Ige, the governor, and all four members of Congress are Democrats. Mr. Ige has reached his term limit, but his replacement will probably be Joshua Green, his current deputy. Brian Schatz, one of the Senate's loudest voices for climate change legislation, should also glide into victory in his primary. Should they win their general election races in November, they will have much to do. The pandemic battered the state's tourism-dependent economy. The Ukraine war strained its energy supplies. Petrol is costlier in Hawaii than in any other state. And a perennial shortage of affordable housing has worsened. The Aloha State is blue in more ways than one. The EU's Russian Holiday Dilemma European summer holidays are reaching their apogee. But a question looms over the continent's beaches. Should Russians be allowed to join them? A push to end the issuance of EU tourist visas to all Russians has gained steam in recent days, backed by the prime ministers of Estonia and Finland, among others. There are currently no air links between Russia and the West, but some sunseekers are traveling over land to places like Helsinki or flying to a non-EU country before transiting onward as they please. Hawks think it unfair rich Russians can live their lives as if their country hadn't launched a full-scale war on the continent. Others, including Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, argue the aim of sanctions is to punish Russia's politicians, not its people. If only because Ukrainian authorities are lobbying for a Russian visa ban, the issue will have to be hashed out by EU grandees. After the holidays, that is. Dark Days for the All Blacks The All Blacks, New Zealand's men's rugby union team, has a compelling claim to be the best sports team ever. Since their first game in 1903, they have won more than 75% of the matches they have played and three World Cups. By those high standards, recent results have been disastrous. In July, they lost a series at home to Ireland. Last week, they lost in South Africa. The second and final match in that series is played on Saturday. Ian Foster, the coach, needs a win to keep his job. But there are also structural weaknesses hurting the team. Changes to the domestic club-level competition have cut off exposure to sides from outside the Pacific. Participation rates are falling as kids turn to other sports. The team's financial future may be secure thanks to a private equity injection of $129 million earlier this year, but a return to all-conquering form, especially before the World Cup in 2023, looks far less certain. A Film Musician Goes Solo Danny Elfman, legendary composer of nearly 100 Hollywood film scores, including the soundtracks of Goodwill Hunting and Spider-Man, this week releases a solo album. 
Bigger, Messier comprises reworked versions of songs from Big Mess, an industrial art rock LP released last year, and features stars such as Iggy Pop and Trent Reznor. This is not the radical sideways step it may seem. Mr. Elfman was leader of a new wave band called Oingo Boingo when two Hollywood fans, Tim Burton and Paul Rubens, invited him to score Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a breakout hit in 1985. Back then, Mr. Elfman wanted, quote, to embrace film scoring from a classical approach. That meant putting his rock instincts aside, until now. In this album, he says he is free to express himself. And that expression is 90 minutes of heavy-duty avant-garde electronica, as epic and dramatic as any blockbuster movie. Weekend Profile Robert Habeck, Germany's Energy Hero Olaf Scholz may be Germany's chancellor, but to many, the man of the hour in Berlin is Robert Habeck, his vice-chancellor and minister for economy and climate change. This is not just because the senior-most green in the three-party ruling coalition pips his boss in the polls. Since this government took office in December, Mr. Habeck has consistently been named the country's most popular politician. It is also because his job as Energy Supremo puts the chatty, studiously casual 52-year-old on the front lines of the biggest crisis Germany has faced in a generation. By most accounts, Mr. Habeck has done well. Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February placed Germany in a dilemma. Decades of misguided policy had hooked Europe's biggest economy on Russian fossil fuels. Pipelines from Siberia supplied 55% of its natural gas. But with a mix of charm, money, and deal-making, Mr. Habeck has helped shield Germany from potential blackmail by trimming gas use and finding new suppliers. Enhancing his reputation for pragmatism, some would say lack of principle, the vice-chancellor muted his green beliefs to reignite mothballed coal-fire power stations. A similar nose-holding green light may also keep Germany's last three nuclear power plants open. They were due to close in December as part of a long-standing plan to scrap nuclear power. Polls show even a majority of green voters realize that, right now, that would be stupid. Mr. Habeck, who hails from Germany's northernmost state, Schleswig-Holstein, earned a Ph.D. in literature before entering politics. But it is his trademark three-day stubble, preference for open-necked shirts, and penchant for blunt honesty that seem to please voters. He has also won points for working smoothly with Annalena Baerbock, the foreign minister, whose choice as the Greens' candidate for chancellor in last year's election was tough on Mr. Habeck, by his own admission. But the easygoing manner disguises a sharp statesman. Visiting Ukraine last summer, Mr. Habeck suggested supplying the country with defensive weapons. Rivals from left, right, and center called him irresponsible. Who looks silly now? The winners of this week's quiz Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were... Asia, Mary Lou Cristobal, Montenlupa City, Philippines. North America, Ron Tugood, Moncton, Canada. Central and South America, Kelso Covre, Brasilia, Brazil. Europe, Bernd Arne Odegaard, Fityar, Norway. Africa, Christine Ryder, Tunis, Tunisia. Oceania, Andrew McMenamin, Lincoln, New Zealand. They all gave the correct answers of John Mitchell, L.L. Bean, J. 
Joseph Conrad, Steve Irwin, and Lance Armstrong. The theme is astronauts who walked on the moon. Edgar Mitchell, Alan Bean, Pete Conrad, James Irwin, and Neil Armstrong. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from H.G. Wells, who died on this day in 1946. We all have our time machines, don't we? Those that take us back are memories, and those that carry us forward are dreams. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.